This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, bros? Hey, it's me, Joe, tonight at Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and I'm here with Eric, bro, and, and also, bro, Doug, get juice, bro. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for this tonight? No. I'm going to do this night. I'm going to do this voice all night, too, just so you know I'm about to get jacked. Hold on. <laughs> Before we started this episode, you said, let me see if I can get through the intro because I blew I my voice out. And your choice was let me do the most aggressively, <laughs> like, bro, go big or go home, bro. I guess bro, so. Boys. No, I'm I not doing that so. anymore. I, I just wanted to make sure I get to the intro on that voice. <laughs> I'm not doing the whole episode. You did it, man. You surprised the shit out of me. I thought you were coming in soft because, you know, I preserve my voice. Hey, guys, how you did? Welcome to Master Cinematic Universe. I, I know I'm usually a little bit more energetic in this, you know, but. but and no, I you hit you part. with the swerve. Yeah. Ooh, that hurts my throat just listening to you do it. Right. Uh, that Nick Kroll voice, that'll get you every time. Ooh. So, hi, guys, and, and welcome to the show. Uh, we start every episode pretty much the same way, and we talk about what's new in our lives. So, Joe, what is new with you? Well, since this is a cinema classics masterpiece theater of the mind um i watched a movie today in the movie theater what'd you say and i didn't realize this until the outro also ant-man and the wasp in quantum mania but in the word quantum mania is the words ant-man because the end of of quant like q-u-a-n-t A-M-A-N, because the way they, they brought Ant-Man and then they filled in all the letters in Quantumania. Ah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to, I was about to credit you for cracking a fucking code. No, they, they showed it to me. They, they okay. gave it to me the answers. Like, I mean. They revealed the code. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm always one for taking credit where credit's due. No one else in the theater saw it, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only I saw it. Maybe my eyes are finely tuned. Um, That's trippy, though. I like that. Uh, I will say, without spoiling anything at all, no plot points given, nothing that I felt like I was watching a, a Star Wars movie. There were times where I felt like I was watching like Phantom Menace or like those type of Star Wars movies too. Like not even like the, I mean, I'm talking about like early 2000 CGI fuckfest Star Wars movies, oh. what I felt like I was watching today. Not the good ones, the fucking, the shitty ones. Well, let's just put it this way. I mean, this shouldn't be a spoiler. This entire movie takes place in the quantum realm, except the very beginning and very end. So yeah. Yeah. When I'm a you, little nervous about that movie, man. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm tempering my expectations too because you know how COVID affected everything over at Marvel, yeah. Yep. And and it, you know there's been complaints about this phase of the MCU that it's just not as exciting that there's a lot of uh, filling dead air, if you will. So this was supposed to be like, all right, but now we're starting a new thing. It's going to be awesome. And I don't know, man. The reviews are not kind. Let's so put it far. this way: if you like Ant Man movies, 
it's not a heist movie. So it's not okay. like Ant-Man right. one. Um, I don't really was, it was Ant-Man two heistish also. I guess it kind of was, they were stealing the building in the cars. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. that. No, no, not, not, that, not as much. Um, you will get your typical, um, you know, Paul Rudd, you know, doing voiceover, like where he's like, my life is this and that, you know, that kind of stuff. You get all the ones. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll get people mistaking him for other superheroes. Cause nobody knows who Ant-Man is. <laughs> no, that's a running um, gag. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get the, him talking about how he's an Avenger and like, you know, all that good stuff you expect out of an Ant-Man movie. Okay. Um, you'll also get very, very good acting out of Jonathan Majors. As, as expected. Oh, he's, yeah, he's amazing. He, he, he kills the role than his role in this movie. Um, I won't say who it is, but I'm less pissed off that they didn't cast Patton Oswalt as Modoc now because the actor they did choose for that role, it fit the story appropriately. And he did a good job of pulling off the character. Like, you know, Modoc is a kind of a serious, silly character. Yeah. yeah. Like he's a serious character in the fact that he's a mechanical organism, designed only for killing but at the same time he's kind of funny and not very good at what he does <laughs> so right so they, they chose a great person to play that role also um other than that it's just a cgi fuck fest and weird aliens um and then like calling out the fact that they're weird aliens uh there were a couple really good jokes in there you know you're, you get your typical big hero beats and you know you never know what's going to happen type things. So overall it was a Marvel movie, but it felt like a star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. If that, if that makes sense for mm-hmm. me, it's not going to be in my top tier Marvel movies, but then again, it's not the bottom tier either. <laughs> it's just somewhere in the middle. It's like in a happy in middle. The middle. I'll report back to you when I see it. I'll let you know. I, if thoughts. I had to put it somewhere, I put it kind <clears throat> of like just above Thor dark world. Okay. Ooh. All right. Which for me, that's not as bad as it's for you guys. No, exactly. Yeah, See, I'm, I like that movie. I'm, I put I'm it with in Joe the same in that. I enjoyed that area. Movie. I'd put Eternals or Captain Marvel or. Oh, not Eternals. Like, yeah, well, I mean, <sighs> I didn't hate those movies, but I mean, I put it in that same, like, in that category. Like, for me, like, but a lot of people hated Doctor Strange and Love and Thunder, and I actually quite enjoyed those. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really hate any of them, but I, Eternals is one that it's. Like, I don't yeah, that, remember. No, I don't either. It fell flat. Let it me just, put it yeah. this way. This flat. felt more like it should have been a Disney Plus series in a movie. Oh, okay. all right. Yeah. It felt more like, and, and the beats should seem right and appropriate because it's setting up for this. It felt more like a long episode of Loki. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm not mad at that, per even se. Though, even though I, I'm not going to say he's not in it, but Loki's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i'm just saying like it's the same timelines and multiverse and all the stuff you'd come out of that yeah sure what you yeah. come to expect because like you know if we got jonathan major's character everybody knows who that's going to be you're going to have that kind of plot point mm-hmm. to the movie so it just felt like it belonged more like there than it belonged as an actual movie movie i don't know right just didn't just didn't hit me cinematically like that damn well that's uh i don't know how to feel yeah. i, I I know. I'm sorry, guys. Hopefully, you'll like love a, it because I because I hate it. like well, I didn't hate it, but like I didn't like it as much. And usually, when yeah. I like something, you guys hate it, and when I dislike something, you guys love it. <laughs> so maybe maybe the, you'll come back next week or like this is the greatest movie I've seen since Back to the Future. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the theme of the episode today. Uh, Doug, what's new with you, man? Uh, I've been doing a lot of music stuff, which makes me happy because I was so not into that for a while. So I mean, I got it. I got a new guitar. And I've been playing that today. 
I started dabbling in the synth stuff. I had gotten a keyboard, the MIDI keyboard, a little while back, but I got a modular synth box by Moog today called the Mavis. And not today, I've had it for like this week. And just making weird noises and shit with it is really fun, you know? So that's that's been my, my whole thing. Tomorrow we're going to see Lil Holly, so I'm thrilled about that. And I'm off Monday, so it makes tomorrow easy for the long travel day because then I don't have to work on Monday. So oh, Unfortunately, I still have to work Monday. Yeah. Me too, man. Me too, buddy. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm excited about the uh, the guitar. Obviously, I'm your Harley Benton brother. You know. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I can't I can't say enough. I mean, like, and I'm your like Mo- I'm your Moor GTRS cousin. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we were talking off air, Eric, about how you know what what you write about Harley Benton is hit and miss. And I listen for what you pay for these things. That's understandable. But this was a hit. I mean you know 150 bucks for this thing and it punches way above its weight yeah it does it sounds great it's beautiful to look at like i said i i I did a string change and a setup out of the box just because and i didn't really have to tweak much you know and and it sounds really cool i like it so yeah i would recommend giving them a shot for that kind of money a hundred dude if you play guitar and especially if you just i mean you have to get past the name brand thing, which, yeah. you know, that was kind of hammered into me early on too. It's like a weird mm-hmm. uh, indoctrination that happened with, with getting into the guitar world is like, you know, you only fuck with these particular brands. And, right. Um, you can get over that hump, man. Like I'm telling you the stuff I have from them is just as good as, as the Gibson on my wall. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of stupid. Well, no. I will tell you this though. You're, you're semi right in that category because I have been playing some Epiphones and Squires lately. But I picked up my Ernie Ball the other day and it just felt 10,000 times better than the other guitar. Oh, no, sure. of course. Yeah, I think I mean, it's, I my, but I think that yeah. might just be Ernie Ball or in general. Ernie Ball just like, they are top notch as a company. Yeah. No, that's not to say you're going to buy Harley Benton and it's going to be better than, you know, yeah, a I mean, but it's playable. guitar. But it's, it's you know, it's surprising <laughs> Dude, how the, the $500 Epiphone plays pretty damn good. It's just what I, I haven't played this one in a while and I picked it up and I was like, Oh, I was like, fuck, I missed you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also kind of that guitar thing. Doug has talked about this a lot where like, if you play out and you're on stage and you're like constantly changing guitars, no one knows the difference, but you, yeah. you right. know what I mean? It's, exactly. it's a lot of that. Like they sound great. So, exactly. um, as oh, by as, the way, just real quick as an aside, that that whole topic of no one knows, no one notices. Yeah, that's such a great topic to bring up in guitar gear groups on Facebook. I bet. Because I bet. You, if you want to blow up a fucking group, just drop that little nugget <laughs> yeah. on on the masses, and they lose their ever loving shit. Well, we it. know, we know. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter if they don't know. We're playing for us, not for them. Us, I'm like, yeah. uh, excuse me, you're gigging for people in an audience. Who the fuck are you playing for? You're not playing for you. You're playing playing for them, and they don't give a fuck what it sounds like. Oh, uh, the best one is because most people don't know what Ernie Ball is. So even if you do get like the bedroom <clears throat> guitar player, that you know, he he sees the guy on stage with the regular Fender made in Mexico, um, and you're playing your you know, three thousand dollar Ernie Ball next to him, and he's like, oh, that's a cool strap, bro. And I'm like, yeah. Do you not realize <laughs> the difference here? And he's like, I've never seen that. What's that? And I'm like, yep. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. There you go. Like the strings? Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> like the strings. Yeah. 
Well, real quickly, what's new with me is that um, I'm 37 years old, but I have the knee of an 87-year-old man <laughs> and need knee surgery. And uh, I've, I've been going through a bunch of frustration trying to get that figured out. So uh, probably next month, I, I'm thinking it'll get done. And it's not going to be too bad. They said a couple of days I'm laid out and then like a week or two on uh, crutches. So going to milk that for all it's worth. Oh, yeah. There you go. And uh, yeah, she'll hopefully be back to good. Um, cool. Aside from that, uh, did a little barbecuing. Ooh. Yeah, a little barbecuing uh, yesterday. Tell me about your meat. Well, you know, I wanted to throw some stuff on a grill and, and we didn't have a ton in the way of groceries. So there wasn't like your, you know, you want like your ribs and your, mm-hmm. your I didn't have any of that shit. I just had the cheap stuff, man. And what do you do when you have the cheap stuff and you want to grill? You throw some hot dogs, you throw some sausages on the grill. Yep. yep. And uh, that's what I did, man. It was sausage crazy. You could say if you wanted to, it's uh-huh. a bit of a sausage party. Well, that's what we usually have at Hollerbox. So what's wrong with that? Right. That's right, man. Oh my god, I was so pit. This is an aside, and I'm gonna. I, I like that you stole the segue because I was gonna go with the holler box segue, and you, you completely stole it from me, <laughs> bro. That's, like I'm gonna come get you now, bro. Don't be a douche. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I'll stop my own segue by saying I was so disappointed that we came really close to being able to meet up and have holler box, and it just didn't pan out because of work. Yeah, because I was thinking about is- it. I was thinking about it. We got to do that soon, buddy. But yes, the movie we're going to talk about today is a movie that I love and I might be the only one in the world. <laughs> um, and that is Sausage Fest. It is a sausage, sausage party. party. <laughs> oh, you got you got me thinking about the videos I was it's watching the, earlier. The porn. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the, Woo. the porn adaptation is Sausage Fest. Yes, yeah, Sausage Fest. Two more sausage. It's, it's actually made by Broken Lizard Sausage Fest. <laughs> <laughs> sausage Party, uh, 2016 film, and it was uh, had a pair of directors by the name of uh, Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon, uh, written by a bunch of people who you're probably familiar with. Uh, you, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, kind of joint with yeah. uh, credits from Kyle Hunter and, and uh, Ariel Shafir and Jonah Hill. Um, huge cast right off the bat i mean really our all-star cast michael Cera, all the regulars um yeah it's basically super bad but a cartoon but a cartoon you got stinky old james franco in there unfortunately um but you also get selma hike bill Hader, uh nick kroll danny mcbride uh so some and paul, paul rudd, rudd. Yeah. yeah paul rudd speaking of ant-man uh craig robinson so a lot of fun voice actors in there that you'll be able to pick out immediately now now just to get this out of the way doug i know you don't like animated films mm-hmm. this was shitty animation so don't let this just don't let the animation and this get you like turn you off to other animated films the animation in this one was not good i i don't think that made a difference to me as to why i didn't like this movie <laughs> i know but, but like don't let that turn you off to animated films because the just the animation was really bad in this this wasn't like pixar was this that. was like the bumper sticker on the car later that says dicks are yes yeah. i know i did that that was that actually made me laugh out loud some controversy as to the quality of the animation in this movie and why you know i didn't think it was terrible it's but... not terrible but it's not good <laughs> it's not it's not disney pixar or like dreamworks quality 
Yeah. Well, before we start out, I, I mentioned this on previous episodes. I picked this movie because it was an interesting experiment for me as a mill ground movie where um, it's it's not something I think that Doug would gravitate towards. Obviously, he's not an animation guy. Um, and the humor would grab Joe, but I don't know if the stuff beyond the humor would grab Joe. So I'm going to be interested to hear you guys thoughts on it as we go on um, right. but the film opens at a supermarket called shop wells uh it's a brand new day customers are rolling in and the premise of this movie is that the food is alive so the food there live in their own world and they greet each other every morning with a song and joe if you want to hit that first clip for me this is the opening of the movie yeah. Carl, 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 dude, we slept in again. The song's about to start. Shit, Frank! We can't miss the song. Barry, wake up! What? Uh, uh, I'm up, I'm up. This song is such an awesome way to start every morning. It's just a super nice way of showing the gods how much we appreciate everything they'll do for us once they take us out those doors to the great beyond. God, I love them so fucking much. Oh shit, oh shit, Corn's about to start singing. Drop it, Corn! You got the best voice! You're the man, Corn! You rule! Take it away, bro! Dear gods, you're so divine in each and every way to you. Pledge our love to you forevermore. We always felt we had a special bond. Take us to the great beyond, where we're sure nothing bad happens to us. Once we the sliding doors, things will all be grand. We will live our dreams together in the promised land. The gods control our fate, so we all know we're in good hands. We're super sure there's nothing shitty waiting for us in the great beyond. And every aisle thinks of something different. Holy shit, I've been chosen! On to this we confident very confident in their beliefs that song by the way 
lot of pedigree. That's a, uh, a Disney music writer who composed that. So I don't know exactly what songs he did, but some of the stuff, you know, that you're familiar with came from this guy. Don't know his name. I'll, I'll look oh, it up here. Cause Alan, I'm curious. Alan Menken. Alan <laughs> Menken. Yeah. He's, okay. he's written a shit ton of Disney stuff. I can't remember uh, what. Yeah. If Joe's yeah. It's, stuff, it's check it out, but, but it's the big stuff. It's like the, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's big time. Yeah. Like little mermaid and oh, that's yeah. It, it, it's yep, a really mermaid beauty and the beast. Okay. You okay. got it faster than me among other stuff. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one thing about this movie. <laughs> this, this may surprise you. Um, so I'm not spoiling what I'm going to rate this at, but this movie does the thing I don't like with absurdity. It's, not absurd because it's smart and like you know there's a, there's a, a joke that it doesn't give you the joke and you have to figure the joke out this is literally just saying the joke the entire time as loud and obnoxiously as you can and while I do giggle and laugh at it like you know this is like South Park levels comedy like it, it's shoving it down your throat literally oh, yeah. there's no there's no hidden there's no here. i mean there's no, a no. couple times where like they they get these little hidden jokes but for the most part it's just like your typical stoner comedy they're and, beating you over the head with a big fat sausage and it yes. is it and is for me <laughs> while i do appreciate the absurd nature of it and i do appreciate some of the jokes it i know this can be surprised it's a little too far for me Ooh. too much it's Ooh, too much wow. he's stealing my he's stealing my line it was what? too much it, this, it, is, yes, it was. So, this is yeah. more than i could have ever hoped for now, now i'm not gonna that ruin my rating because <laughs> there are still i still do like a lot of this and i love a lot of these actors so we'll, we'll see where that goes with but i will say that there is a little it's it's just too on the nose it's not like there's no subtlety to it there's no I, finesse i'm inclined to sort of agree with you there are parts of this movie that i really don't like I could have cut pieces of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, this is one of those cases of like innuendo would have worked better than directly saying it. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you would have had a little finesse and like innuendo where like you didn't say the thing, but like it was, everyone can know, like everyone knew it was there. What, what, what you were saying, it would have worked better, but it's just like straight in your face the whole time. <laughs> I mean, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are not, Mel Brooks, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the, they they do a thing, yeah. pretty pretty much. I guess that's like, their. Well, also like when I'm not seeing it come out of a hot dog's mouth, it sounds it's a little better. Like just listening to it now, I enjoyed it more than actually watching it too. <laughs> like, I'm not like the, the animation did not do any favors to this movie. It was not good. Like like I don't like the animation of this movie. So we'll we'll talk about that really quick. Those animators. um I forget the name of the house that handled all of that. Um, and I don't think it had much to do with like the big wigs as far as, you know, your Seth Rogans and your, yeah. um, but they, they didn't treat those animators real well. And it became a, a big story. You know, they forcing them to work overtime without fair pay, not giving them food. Like it was a shitty situation for those, those people. Um, and it was pretty well documented too. You know, that they tried to say it wasn't, but it definitely fucking was. Yeah. yeah almost uh, half of them were blacklisted and, and, were uncredited for their yeah, roles in the movie, yeah. you know, for their part in the movie. So, which is super fucked up. Bad. Yeah, those those are those are talented artists, man. That's not easy mm-hmm. to do. And uh, yeah, you want you want your to get your name out there, and this is this big budget movie, and you know, like I said, the animation. It's not. I've seen some bad animation. I mean, it's, it's not the worst, but it's not great. It's not consistent. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, it feels like different people did different sections of it. And that's probably true. So, well, it's funny because after the fact, Rogan tried to say that it was made to be like that. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. Ass. Come on, Rogan. Don't yeah. Even. Like, dude, come on, man. Um, so we'll dig a little deeper into the nuance or lack thereof in this movie. Um, but like I said, it's more than I could have hoped for from you, Joe, because um, to for you to say it was too much for you fills me with some sort of strange joy. Because you know, you I mean? know that there's usually never th- such things too much for me. I know. Right. It's, it's a If nothing else, it's a cool avenue for us to explore as a show because we've been consistent in our tastes and pretty much our opinions. And, and so it's, it is interesting, you know, that this is a little different this time. Um, so let, let me put it this way. So I'll bet this off something we've talked about a lot. So cha 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 cheese works because there's a hidden like plot that he's floating. And then you visually see in the other room, a mouse on a bed with cheese wafts coming out of her. See, this movie, me, this is all the same. Thing. See, this movie this would be movie is exactly like Cha Cha Cheese, but, but it's not no innuendo. Cha 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 Cheese, no subtlety. You have in to your figure face. it out because it's 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 figure a progression. It out. And, and this movie has been done a million times. And, and this movie, for the smell but hold on, done me, a million times. Can we get to my point here? This right. movie, <laughs> the difference is Monterey Jack is standing there, and instead of saying Cha 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 Cheese and starting to float, and then you know you get the build up of what what's he floating towards, he just looks over and goes, "Mouse pussy." <laughs> Like that's okay. the difference. Like he like, there's no what, innuendo. I, it's just like I, I want that mouse pussy. That's like what he's yelling like in, into the camera. Because <laughs> like there's it's, I, I get <laughs> what you're saying, and I think I think my problem is I do with this movie a certain thing that I don't do with a ton of movies. It's um, cut it a break, <laughs> and it's about what it's it's a lot of uh, it has to do with what this film is about. It's confirmation bias. I like this movie. So I have a tendency to ignore the things that are shitty sure. and zero in on the things that I like. I get and I, I'll, I'll admit that up front. Um, yep. I had an emotional response to this movie that sounds silly. It sounds fucking ridiculous. I watched this in a theater and this movie made me cry. And this movie should not have made me cry. This no. movie shouldn't make anybody what, cry. But I feel like this is like, um, this movie reminds me of if they told the story of Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story 1 but the whole movie was just about him and he was extremely vulgar and made of food instead of a toy. <laughs> yeah. It's and basically it's the just bu- the Buzz Lightyear storyline, like him coming to realize that he's a toy and like, you know, they're going to break him and that kind of shit. He's not real. Yeah. 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 The vulgarity is where the movie loses me a little bit. Yeah. Which is usually where movies get me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but it was too yeah. much. It was just like, it wasn't tasteful. No, 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 no. But we'll, we'll argue about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll play devil's advocate. Um, so a pack of sausages and a bag of buns are placed next to each other during a 4th of July weekend sale. Wait, wait, Seth, red, white, and blue weekend. Red, white, and blue day. Day, maybe. that's right. Okay, red, white, yeah. and blue day. Yeah, um, make sure you use the terminology correct there. That's correct. Our main character is named Frank because, of course, it is. Yeah. Um, this is Seth Rogen. If you don't like Seth Rogen, this is a lot of Seth Rogen. The voice. <laughs> like, it's it's a lot. I usually do like Seth Rogen, though. Like, I, I can almost do... I can't do his... Like, I can't do his, like, uh, his cadence. It's a tough one. It's a tough one to nail. I, I take him in small doses, so I understand it. He's, you know... Um, he's a sausage that wants to finally get with his bun girlfriend, Brenda Bunsen, voiced by Kristen Wiig. Um, 
already, you know, <laughs> it's a fucking ridiculous premise. He shares the pack with his buddies, Carl, voiced by Jonah Hill, and Barry, voiced by Michael Cera. Barry is the smallest sausage. He's a little deformed. His head's a little smushed. So very much Sarah. Yeah. And he's mocked by a sausage named Troy, voiced by Anders Holm and, his, and the rest of the sausages. Um, so all the sausages and all the buns, they think they're destined to finally get together in what they call the great beyond, which is their version of heaven. Um, yeah. Also, the- um, sorry, I'm going to interrupt a lot probably tonight. <laughs> That's okay. That's but okay. Um, I love how there's 10 hot dogs and there's eight buns. <laughs> yeah, it's like real life, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, all right, that's the subtlety that I appreciated. Though. That I did appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even in this fucking stupid movie, yeah. they still, um, you know, threw that out there. Which means that either you're going to have two sausage, sausages that don't get buns or some DP going on. No, double. <laughs> some DP. God damn it. Uh, that's the kind of humor you're going to get with this movie. <laughs> oh, more than that was subtle compared to. Yeah, the kind yeah of exactly. Um, so, yeah, the great beyond their version of heaven. For now, Frank and Brenda can only playfully touch tips, um, which is still against the rules. But, you know, they decide to sort of tempt fate. They then witness one of the store's employees named Darren. This is the voice of Paul Rudd, um, whom the food referred to as the Dark Lord. He comes around and he throws out all the expired food, despite the food pleading and insisting that they are still good and worthy of the great beyond. So they it's. This is where I feel like the animation is well done. Um, the drama of these mundane tasks from the food's perspective is pretty cool. And then they cut to, you know, the reality of it. It's just this guy pushing a trash can going, I yep. fucking hate my job. You know. <laughs> um, so if you want to hit this next clip for me, this is a bit of that. about billing those guys. I mean, they stayed in their package. They followed all the guidelines of the song. And what do they get for it? But we're not supposed to understand the will of the gods, Frank. They work in mysterious ways. I'm just saying, since we like base our whole lives on the song, it might be nice if there was some kind of proof. Proof? All the proof you need is right in front of you. Look at these big old buns. Yeah! You know it, baby. Work those buns. All of you. All day. Day lined up, waiting to get filled with my meat. Yeah, right, Carl. You really think any of these buns are gonna line up to get filled by you? <laughs> Here's my impression of that happening. Um, oh, is he in there yet? Oh, I can't feel him. I don't think he's in there. Oh wait, he is. <laughs> so sad. I bet you jackrabbit for a quick 15 seconds, like, and then you slump over. I mean, honestly, guys, who in this package would ever let Carl get up in them? Huh? Roberta, put your fucking hand down. You're ruining my joke. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at. It is very stupid. And as we play these clips, they are all pretty stupid. But the voice actors are doing a pretty good job. And it's. Uh, there are many moments in this movie that make me laugh out loud. Um, but they're like intertwined with stuff that loses me. Like half of that clip is really funny to me, and half of it is just like three steps too far. Yeah. I don't know. 
if you feel the same way. Um, also, yeah. I don't know why, but hearing it now, the Michael Cera part reminds me of the movie Year One, which is, I like that movie. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that Jack Black? Yeah, Jack Black. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, right off the bat, it's heavy-handed. And, you know, I'll say that up front, too. It's very heavy-handed. But this movie has something to say about uh, organized religion, let's say. So, later in the day, Honey Mustard, who you heard getting chosen. Played by uh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride doing just straight Danny McBride. Big ass titties. <laughs> um, <laughs> he gets returned to Shopwell's, which is obviously a rarity. So he's he's trembling in fear. He's traumatized as fuck. He's unable to really talk about what he's just seen. But everybody's crowding around him like, oh, my God. And he is not having it. He oh, is. Yeah. He is not having it at all. Um, a shopper picks up sausages and buns and then honey mustard again, which he's having none of. So the rest of the food in the cart is celebrating. They've finally been chosen for the great beyond honey mustard. He stands up and tells every piece of food item in that cart that everything that they've been led to believe about the gods and the great beyond is bullshit. Also, he you knows that mentioned that it was a uh, Frank and, um, Brenda, Frank and they got uh, chosen. Brenda got chosen together, which they were so concerned about because, yeah. you know, you have no control over that. You know, you may get chosen, and and the love of your life next door to you, the the bun that you're into, does not. So they were thrilled to get chosen also, together. This may be nitpicking a little bit, but you wouldn't keep bread and sausage in the case together because one of them has to be kept cold, and one of them doesn't need to be kept cold. That is. That is true. I'll give it to you. I'll give you half a point because this movie's fucking absurd, and that's the least. Yeah, as I say, I mean, right. it is a movie about talking food, but they, they, if when they touch fingertips, there's no like barrier in the middle. Like this is the cold side, this is the not cold side. And if you were to put bread into the cold side, it would just get hard and terrible. And if you were to put the sausages on the hot side, then they're not obeying the rules, and then the song doesn't matter. So I need some. Some some uh, fixing. We need some reality in this absurdist cartoon. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They probably yeah. animated the cold, but they just didn't have the fucking the strength to get, yeah, in, exactly. get it out. <laughs> they didn't feed those motherfuckers. Yep. Um. Yes, they do get chosen together. Honey mustard is telling all the food that he's seen the great beyond is not so great. Um. You know that there are unspeakable horrors awaiting them. And he refuses to go back. So he takes a flying leap off the cart. And Frank, you know, is one of the only food items that's willing to try to help. So he runs out of his package and, you know, grabs him, tries to save his life. And Brenda Bunsen also leaves her package to help Frank because he's slipping down and losing his grip. Um, they fall. But before they fall, Honey Mustard tells Frank to seek out fire water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid, very stupid. Voiced by Bill Hader um, to learn the answers he seeks. And that's not um, racist at all. <laughs> oh, this movie is very racist, but very self-aware of its racism. Yeah, and it doesn't make it any better, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's rough. A lot of it is very rough. It's, it's um, given itself a get out of jail free card that it's not allowed to give. Yeah, this is this isn't Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> only he's allowed to do it yep um no that's a good point man like you you do run into a lot of stuff that's uh just not cool 
you know, you heard that song before. There's a line in it about it's a it's a bottle of sauerkraut dressed as Hitler saying we're going to exterminate the juice. And then they the juice. cut over to a row of juice cartons. Yeah. Um, you What's know, wrong with juice. We, I love juice. Yeah. Later on in the movie, they address that, you know, like so. it's 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 ter- there's landmines that they are trying not to step on and they step on them, you know. And that's what we talked about that. That's the stuff I kind of wish was left on the cutting room floor of this movie. Um, because it's just, it's like shock jockey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's like you made the South park comparison. That's pretty apt with that kind of stuff where yeah. it's like, you know, that bigger, longer uncut, you know, where it, stuff was shocking and it just felt like they were trying to like Saddam Hussein, Hussein having sex with Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah. you know, but I digress. Um, so he's told to seek out a Native American uh, character named Firewater, voiced by Bill Hader. And Which is based shot- on multi-levels, because first of all, it's a white dude doing it like a Native American voice. Uh-huh. Yes, and yes. it's calling it Firewater, which is another yeah. like, insult. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you they couldn't get any self-respecting, you know, indigenous people to do that role so yeah no as soon as it got the the sides and it said firewater get the fuck out of here exactly what you know and bill Hader, very talented um you know actor he's not really doing anything special in this movie with it's just oh no it's it's your typical looney tunes like native american voice yeah totally 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 um another shopper bumps into the shopping cart and it causes honey mustard to eventually fall and crash along with a bunch of other products that just fly out of the cart. Um, Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me, this is uh, a bit of that scene and it spills into what is basically saving private Ryan, but with food. (laughs) Wake up. They're lying to your fucking faces. The great beyond is bullshit. Why is anybody listening to me? Hey, buddy, are you all right? No. I'm not all right. It's all a lie. Everything you've been told. Everything you believe in. Hey, Honey Mustard, you acting cray cray. Carl, we shouldn't even be talking to this asshole. Everyone knows Honey Mustard's weird. I mean, what is he? Honey? Is he mustard? It's like, make up your mind or just kill yourself. Fucking idiots. I've been there. I've seen that shit in there. Ain't no way I'm going back. Wait, 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 wait. You've been to the great beyond? Great my asshole. Everything we've ever known is a dirt-covered pile of shit. Jacking off in our fucking faces. Covering our eyes with their cum. So cum covered we can't fucking see. We don't know. We don't know they're jerking off into our eyes. Our faces. Dude, shut up. The gods are going to hear you talking about them. gods. They're monsters. Horrible, ugly, disgusting monsters. They ain't going to get honey mustard twice. Fuck you, gods. I've got a date with oblivion. So I pulled that clip for you, Joe, because I thought you would appreciate how over the top it was. Also, Danny McBride. It, that now, see, I want to say this. I say it's absurd and it's too much in your face. Danny McBride used finesse, and it was amazing. Okay, I thought you would like that. It I reminds me like also of the scene from that from uh, this is the end where he's upstairs. So I'm dropping loads all over this place. Yes, very much mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I do appreciate that because I, I love me some Danny McBride. It feels like they send Danny McBride these scripts and he punches up his parts. You know what I yeah. mean? He's, yeah, he is a treasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, 
he's something but that's all the danny mcbride you get in this movie so if you came here for the mcbride you know you're done isn't Um, that what you uh, can order from the swedish mcdonald's and have sent over here the mcbride the mcbride (laughs) (laughs) yeah i highly recommend it yep Uh. (laughs) so yeah i mentioned we get saving private ryan um this is a really impressive bit of animation well i like how because the bag of flour explodes and like this looks like a war scene like you get that high-pitched ear ring that you yeah. get in the in the war movies and um you know oh, can't really flowers see. is called walter's white flower and it's got Walter oh. white's hat oh everything's got funny it. names like they, they yeah. went over the top naming the products you get all these all these really handheld camera shots which is interesting yeah. yes um you got uh, a banana its face gets peeled off yes. oh. of course the, the peel Mm-hmm. The funniest scene for me, and also the most fucked up, was peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> butt butter it's brand. Just, yeah, butt butter brand and peanut butter. It's it is absurd. Um, also, we forgot to mention that another character has already been introduced in this movie. A very important character. That's true. We the meet douche. the douche. Now, he is the the antagonist of this film. Um, did I love him? It's no. Nick Kroll being. As Nick Kroll as Nick Kroll can be. Yes, it is. It is Crowley. I like when he's in the package. He's like, "Yo, what's up, chips? What's up, bro? Yo, look at that slizz. I'm about to get up in that." <laughs> he's like looking at the ladies' candles yeah. in the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, this isn't Nick Kroll's first time playing the douche. He was also the douche in Parks and Recreation. When they go to the true. radio station on the radio station, Ira yeah. and the douche. And eventually in this movie, he's referred to as El Duce, which makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. That, that does make, that me, laugh. Did make me laugh. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty one dimensional. You know what I mean? Oh, and no, it reminds me of the Kroll show, like 100 percent. Like every time I see it, I just like, oh, this is the Kroll. This is one of the skits from the Kroll show. Yeah. But that's the thing, too. It's also funny because it's so fucking absurd. Like, hey, we want you to play um, this character. He's a douche. He's called the douche. Yeah. And he's a literal douche. And yeah. It's like, OK. All right. He's like, bro, I got this. So yes, Frank and Brenda, they escaped the chaos of that whole, uh, you know, catastrophe. But the store is now closed and they're away from their packages, which is a big, big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, they run into the douche, which we mentioned. My by nose! He's pissed off because his nozzle is bent and therefore he's purposeless. He's also got a cut in the side of him and all his, you know, douchey goodness has came out. My juices! Yeah, my juice. <laughs> I gotta get they're juiced. They're leaking out. They're fucking leaking out. Um, and and he does the douche bro thing really well you know yeah. when he confronts frank he tells him to come at him which is you're gonna come very, at me bro <laughs> yeah very jersey thing to say mm-hmm. um but just before they can fight darren comes back through and sweeps uh, the douche into the garbage um this ain't over bro uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier when you do it than when nick Roll does it to be honest <laughs> with you it's true um, the douche climbs out of the garbage bin and, and he finds, like you said, his side is cracked, his juices are leaking. Also, I like how he doesn't have feet. He just walks on his hands. That was a cool choice. Like a gorilla yeah. walk with no legs. Right. That was, yeah. Yep. That was visually interesting. Um, yeah, he, he has, he, he doesn't get to do what he's made to do because his nose, my nose! Yeah. Um, but then he spots a broken grape juice box who's who's slowly dying. Oh, bro, goes, your dick. He, like, they got you right in the dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over to it, and, uh, 
you know, he's he wants revenge on Frank and Brenda, so he drinks out of the boxes open. He crotch. goes down on the box. Don't act like you don't like this, bro. Yeah, doesn't he say like if you tell anybody no gonna, about this, like yeah. it's very yeah. rat bro, you know. Exactly. Um so he get he literally gets juiced and yeah. now his he's you know vascular and fucking his muscles grow and he wants pick back. And then he has a cut inside of him is leaking out of him and he pulls a sticker off that says get juiced and puts it on the side like a tattoo. <laughs> yes. Yes. So for every like nugget of stupidity, there's a, a morsel of creativity that, you know, yeah. evens it out a little bit. Um Frank and Brenda head back to their aisles and not their aisles, but the aisles, and they meet uh, a piece of flatbread. Uh Lavash, who is a, a Armenian caricature um, voiced by David Crumholz. Yeah, I don't like <clears throat> I wish I wish they would have got Jason Manzoukas for this. Uh that would have been, been good. He's good. I, I think the whole thought behind that is well, first off, Crumholz is a is a family friend of the whole crew. And the fact that he's Jewish playing a Muslim was what they were going for. Maybe that, okay. yeah, I can see that. That's exactly that. Because I was thinking like they wanted to have the Jew play the Muslim. Because Manzukas is 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 like uh, Middle Eastern. I think if if there was something that could have made me dislike this movie more, it would have been Manzukas. Oh, <laughs> it would have been so great. Because you know, it, but Manzoukas he's, he's part of that crew voices. too, though. He doesn't do voices. Yeah, he yeah, does the Manzoukas voice. And it's it would the just same be Manzoukas. fucking thing no matter what he does. I know, I and love it. In about two seconds, it's too much. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Too fucking much. Um, oh, I so, like the subtlety of the Jewish actor playing the Muslim in this. I, I dig yeah. it. Yeah, yeah it he's, was cool. He's, you know, really concerned about not getting his 72 virgin olive oils. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. That's that makes funny. me laugh. Yeah, that makes I me did, laugh. I did giggle at that. That, <laughs> that was pretty good. And we also meet um, a bagel, a Jewish bagel named uh, Sammy Bagel Jr. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't be yeah. stupider. Um, voiced by Edward Norton. Of yeah, all I don't even get the, mm-hmm. I don't see how Edward Norton's doing that voice either. That's the weird, another weird one. Well, he, I, I read this. That he's very good friends with Woody Allen. So that's how he felt it was okay to do the voice like Woody Allen. He probably yeah. got his permission. That makes sense to do the voice like that. So it was very. And, and neither one of these characters are racist at all either. No, no not at all. No, They're not no, stereotypes no. or anything like that. Mm-mm. But I do appreciate that they address the stereotypes. Like you said, it is a bit of a get out of jail free card. Um, the 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 story between these two characters and it's it's a minor through line. They could have not been in the movie, and it wouldn't change the movie. Um, it, it, it was their piece about coexistence, which is really. Um, well, you can't really have a tale of a religion without including those two religions that, you know, hate each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, you know, clever sure, in the enough. same part of the world, even though once again, logistically speaking, bagels are not in the same aisle as <laughs> international foods. Bagels are with breads. And listen, they had to make it work and it worked. You know, th- yeah. the metaphor was clear. Um, couldn't be a pack of matzo. Would have made more sense. Would have made some sense. Uh, Joe, hit this next next clip for me, and we'll get a little bit of a taste of that. 
first you come into our isle and occupy more and more shelf space. You even have settlements now on the west shelf that you claim as your own. Oh, look, it's not our wow. fault we needed a homeland. That sauerkraut kicked us out of every decent isle in the store. They tried to send us to the barbecue section, for God's sake. We were displaced. Don't you talk to me about displacement. My good friend Tabuli was ousted from his shelf just to make room for that braided idiot, Khala. Why? Frank? Brenda, come on, are you guys gonna weigh in here? I mean, whose side are you on? You know, this isn't just about me. I mean, first they come for the bagels, but... I don't know, isn't there room for both of you in your aisle? It seems like a pretty big aisle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the dumb fucking saucy? I like we can coexist. Oh, <laughs> 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 I feel like that one made me laugh. Think we can coexist? Come on, what a dumb fucking sausage! Yeah, what a stupid fucking thing to say. Because I think that what the, that the, <laughs> what that's pointing fun is like Americans. I mean, like you guys can't just like fucking live together and like just get along. He's like dumb fucking Americans. You don't know anything. And that's so. Thing. I have a question. Do you think in the writers' room for this, did they write this shit saying we know what we got? Let's just keep going. Or were they high-fiving each other thinking they had the wittiest shit imagined? They were high. <laughs> well, I understand that. It's, yeah. it's like, I, I get that. Because I'm thinking they thought this was really cool and witty. And they were so mistaken, it's not funny. And it's sad that they thought the shit was actually funny. Well, I don't know if you saw, they, they deleted one of the credits for one of the writers. Uh, Carlos Mencia was on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't know. I just that's just my thought. But then again, they are a smart group, so they very well could have just said, you know what, we're just going to dish it like this, and they did it. I don't know. But. I think it's more of a we don't give a fuck. We're going to say whatever we want to say. Okay. What year was this? Uh, this was 2016. 2016, but it's been on the table since 2010. So it's so right on the verge of like before, like everyone was butthurt about every single thing. It was like the yeah, end of the, the, the era where people like still said shit and like it was getting to the point where like, oh, you can't say that. But it wasn't like today where it's like, you can't say anything or I'm going to cancel you. So that so that's around the time when people started to care what people said. Right? Well, it's, it's <laughs> about the time when people like started caring about not, what not that they started caring realized that people it's cared. not a big deal if you don't say that. Well, people yeah. cared before, but it's around the time that people started like talk saying like. Uh, like Look, taking a, growing a pair of balls to yeah, say, yeah. Hey, how about you shut the fuck up about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I like it's that, that time. time. It's like it's the time frame <laughs> where people start like saying, like, okay, we gotta stop yeah, this shit. I think it's time you fucking stop this baby nonsense. You know? Yeah. And, and remember this is... one one person's pussification of America is another person's the asshole the asshole of America. Yeah. Okay? I like that. Put that on a bumper sticker. That's a yeah. pretty good shirt. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hard. <laughs> that's that's such that's such a complex issue to compress into what's essentially a dick joke right you know and and that's kind of why i pulled that clip it's not really central to the message of the movie so much i mean they circle back to it but it's very simplified and you know it's very um you know they reduce it down to the most basest version of that and that that conflict in particular is so nuanced and so you know steeped in history and it's it's it, it probably wasn't a good idea to even touch it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It should, you know, I'll tell yeah. you what, don't mess with the Zohan did a much better job of handling that whole thing. Than yeah, that's, that's. So did that's, the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still haven't seen uh, that one. I'm going to do that for the podcast because it's a fucking funny movie. We should, man. We should. Um, 
So yes, the four then discover that the aisles in the supermarket form was essentially a city in the grocery yeah. store. Uh, Frank spots the liquor aisle, which he's on the lookout for because now, um, you know, honey mustard has, has planted this kind of seed of doubt. Um, yeah. Which I you, find it, funny because um, it, it, it's one of the, the Bible verses they talk about is having a mustard seed of faith. Like even mm-hmm. like the size of having a mustard seed of faith can like, can be be enough well he has a mustard seed of doubt which is enough to disprove it i think that's intentional because he was mustard i think that's either Mm -hmm. before they started smoking or when they smoked a lot lot lot, where they were like you know what this is actually really good you know you work that in there this was after they did the bagel thing (laughs) this is a different day in the writer's room um they got some sleep you know what i'm saying had a nice breakfast um so frank he spots the liquor aisle. He decides he wants to seek out fire water. Um, they head down that aisle and Frank finds the spot. But he leaves Brenda with Lavash and Sammy as he goes to talk to Firewater. I also love um, how none of it's in their packaging. Like the liquor's all in their packaging. Yeah, I know. And my favorite, can you guess which is my favorite of all the liquors there? Mm. Or all the beverages on that aisle? What's my favorite thing? The, the polite Canadian yes, beer. It's called yeah. A. And they're like walking a. around in the package. Hey, hey, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I love the fucking Canadian beer. That was pretty fucking good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Frank encounters Firewater. He's sitting around a fire. And this next clip is um, that encounter. I am the original inhabitant of this land. My kind once had a pristine isle, majestic and untouched. Then we were driven out of it by a bunch of goddamn fucking crackers. Oh yeah, the crackers. (laughs) They do have a nice isle. Uh, Okay, anyway, look, I was told that you might have some answers. Answers I have, but first, I must know the question. Okay, well, before I saw him jump to his death, Honey Mustard said that the Great Beyond is bullshit and the gods are monsters, and I always kind of thought that it didn't quite add up. So, I, I, I guess my question is, what what really happens in the Great Beyond? <sighs> to find that which you seek, all you must do is look deep into my bag of wonderment. Whoa. I don't see anything. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Put your whole head in the back there. Really. Just say when. I'm just gonna keep going in. Guys, get out of here! Help me kill this brick! Yeah. This motherfucker knows too much! Get off his ass! Someone have me a blade! Huh? I'll cut this cocksucker! No! If we kill him, we are no better than the gods! Uh, he's right. Take off the bag of wonderment. <laughs> Who are you? We the non-perishables, motherfucker. We never expire. We are immortal. This here's Twink and Grits. They call me Mr. Grits. Yeah, Mr. Grits. Whatever. Tell them about the crackers. Yeah, I told them about the crackers. You don't even want to hear what they did to Mr. Grits over here. Mm. Fuck the crackers. I'm going to fuck them crackers right in the crack of their cracker asses. Crack ass crackers. <laughs> I love Craig Robinson saying crack ass crackers. They are having fun with this movie, man. I will say that. Um, so you meet the the non perishables, the quote unquote eternal food items, which is hilarious that a Twinkie made the cut because you know 
Well, also, yeah. he's gay and he's a twink. He's a twink, yes. Very <laughs> on the nose. He's cream-filled. <laughs> you know what? I didn't put that one together, Joe, but that's... Uh... You could have been in the writer's room for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's hard to write this. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. It's they, not they good. Call, they call me Mr. Gritz did also make me oh, laugh. Oh, that was good. Well, Craig Robinson's amazing in everything he does. Yep. Did you guys Craig watch Robinson. the show where he was like a snake hunter? Snake no. hunter? I watched one where he was a ghost hunter. No. Yeah, I saw, oh, yeah. I that, saw was that, him, that was him and was that Paul Rudd or was that Adam, Adam Scott? Scott. Adam, Adam Scott. Scott. No, there's this one show. Oh, fuck. I just watched it recently. I think it might be on Hulu. It's him and this like Australian girl, and he's like down on his luck, uh, losing his kids, and he needs to make money. And they decide to go python hunting in the Everglades because there's like a contest where you can win money by python hunting. It's really good. I'll look hmm. up the name of it for you here. If you give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I really, really can't suggest it more enough. And the girl that's in it too is really freaking good. Um, she's a, a Australian actress or actor. I, I know I'm going to be with the times. You hear about it all fucking day. If we're talking about grudgingly being respectful to this woman. Or, yeah, uh, oh, it's called, it's called killing it. It's on Peacock. Ah, okay. Uh, it's, it. it's really fucking good. Um, and the girl's name is Claudia O'Doherty. I don't think I have Peacock, but I might. It's there's so fucking many of them. Now. I'll, I'll give you my login. Trying. You can just use it. Just create a new user. You create an uh, Eric user. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. It, I really enjoyed the show. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Uh, so Brenda, Brenda Bunsen goes looking for Frank and runs into another racist caricature called Tequila, also <laughs> voiced by Bill Hader. Hey man, where are you going to get the Tequila, man? I know where the sausage is. It's so bad, like. Like I actually did a better job and I did a horrible job. Yeah. You know, as much as I love Bill Hader, and I love Bill Hader, man, that, that dude is a treasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry is fantastic. Oh, show. I love Barry. I gotta watch the new season though. I haven't watched it yeah. yet. Oh, it's good. No, it's, it it's is great. so good. It's I want to rewatch great. the whole thing though. So like, I'm just going to restart it from the beginning before I get to the third season. That way I can mm-hmm. pick it back up. Um, also, uh, I, I don't know why once again, to bring back to the Looney Tune thing, this reminded me of Speedy Gonzalez's best friend, Slowpoke Rodriguez. Oh, that's his cousin, bro. His cousin, yeah. Which I always thought was a fucked up like character. <laughs> Slowpoke Rodriguez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if we made a lazy Mexican? Like, know, what right? year was this? God damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he's a bottle of tequila, Mexican bottle of tequila, and Frank's been gone for a while. So he takes advantage of that. Says he knows where to find him. He takes Brenda, Lavash, and Sammy to a pub in the Mexican food aisle. Um, this is well, what I got. It's a cantina. It is a cantina, but it's in the Mex. It's it's yeah. in the Goya section. Yes, of right. the supermarket. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I saw some adobo. Which, as wildly racist as this movie, con pimenta, like aspires to be, this stuff still makes me laugh. Eric, like the- Eric, let me ask you <laughs> Do you have any sazon completa in your house? Of course, dude. Okay, oh, that's just so of good. Course. That shit is so fucking good. Always, always with the sazon, the adobo. It's yeah. on, put it on everything. Um, so they go to this cantina and they meet a character voiced by Salma Hayek named Teresa Del Taco. Um, as you can see, (laughs) you know, they really just took one swing at these, uh, Oh yeah. I also like how any food that's a female is meant to have something go inside of it. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't even touch on the fact that Brenda, I mean, the buns, they're just fucking vaginas. They're yeah, her, ma- vaginas. her mouth is yeah. a, is is a. It's like, you know, there is no subtlety at all. 
No, 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 you know? no. Um, so we see Teresa Del Taco and, and she sees Brenda and you can tell she's becoming smitten with her. Um, however, she is devoutly religious and that is a no, no. So, um, she ignores those urges for much of the film. Um, she knows that the three of them are being brought in for trap. So she hides them as El Duche arrives. <laughs> um, because he arrives and they're not there, he fucking smashes tequila and drinks his fluids, getting even more juiced up. Oh, yeah. Um, Teresa leads the food out of a secret passageway. And that's your introduction to Teresa Del Taco. Um, again, a, very talented Salma Hayek wasted in this fucking role uh, just doing you know the basest of Mexican stereotypes yeah um, Frank sits with the non-perishables as they smoke uh, a really dope sativa blend from uh, what are those things called uh, oh man kazoo. kazoo yeah yeah yes that made me chuckle because every time they pull on it it goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> kazoo sound I know <laughs> Um, so Firewater kind of gives them backstory because they're non-perishable and they've been around for so long they have seen the barbaric nature of the gods long before the rest of the food in the store so they know what awaits them once they're out those doors they made up the tale of the gods being saviors um, it's the opiate of the masses thing it's you know so that the next wave of food would leave the store happy instead of terrified uh, Joe if you want to hit this next clip for me we get some more of the backstory it's good shit, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm super baked. And my friends are probably wondering where the hell I am. Will somebody please just tell me something already? Okay. The thing about the great beyond is... We invented it. What? I know, right? As soon as you're out those doors, the gods kill our asses. What, are you crazy? That doesn't make any sense. Why would the gods want to kill us? That makes no sense. Uh, because it makes them stronger. Every kill gives them more power, and it's never enough. Over the years, they've grown bigger, stronger, fatter. The hunger's insatiable, buddy. I mean, fuck. You guys are fucking nuts. How much of that shit have you been smoking? Too fucking much is how much. We blaze for real 24-7. No joke. But we also know our shit. Before us, everyone knew the awful truth. Oh, how they screamed. It was a living nightmare. So we, the non-perishables, created a story. The story of the great beyond. A place where the gods care for you. And all your wildest and wettest dreams would come true. They would go out those doors happy instead of shitting themselves. Mm. Wait, wait. So you're telling me you wrote the song? I can't take full credit. I wrote the music. Twink here is my lyricist. We both drop it right, we drop it all the time. Boom. The melody came to me one night when I was getting super, super, super baked. Like, fuck a guy baked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he does. The song had a great hook, and it caught on, I mean. In time, everyone accepted this false truth. But over the years, things started to get a little fucky. The aisles started changing my verses to support their own views. Fucking with Twink's tight-ass lyrics, remixing my shit without my permission. Now, every morning when I hear the song, I'm like, What the fuck are you guys saying? I mean, wasn't there a part today about exterminating juice? I didn't write that shit. I love juice. Always have. I mean, juice are hilarious. Who the fuck do these guys think they are? 
Anyway, at least it's still distracting them from the truth. That they get brutally devoured. So that means Carl and Perry are dead? I don't know who those dudes are, but if they went out those doors... Dead as a motherfucker. <coughs> oh, God. What you're saying is, is true. I, I, I gotta tell everyone. Very noble, little sausage. But also very pointless. All right, man. So we got a little bit of the uh, how the sausage is made. Pun intended, motherfuckers. <laughs> Join us on part two of uh, this movie, Sausage Party, and we will dive deeper into the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we can't wait to see you and your sausage on part two. Big ass titties. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get him some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericpabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. 